Hello, and welcome to my podcast, Where the Dark Corners Are. Hello, hello. I am Vina, and I am your Dark Travels hostess. Tonight, I'm actually joined by a guy we haven't seen or heard from in a while. Husband Jeff. That guy? That guy. Hmm. I feel like no one knows you anymore. Probably forgot all about me. Pro- well, sometimes that happens. My wife, she kind of does that. You know, she sounds like an amazing woman. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> so how is husband Jeff? Wonderful. Busy. Lots of stuff going on in my life. Right. My wife keeps me busy. Like I said, she sounds pretty amazing. Oh, yeah. So as you know, last week we put out an episode regarding Jerome, Arizona, which is amazingly haunted. Like everything's haunted. Just everything is haunted in Jerome. So to kind of close out our trip to Arizona, we're actually going to touch down on Arizona and America's greatest natural wonder, the Grand Canyon. Have have you been to the Grand Canyon? Yes. Have you been to the Grand Canyon? I have been to the Grand Canyon. I, I It was right. a, a long time ago, but I suspect it hasn't changed much. No, probably not. But I want to go back. Right. It was pretty awesome. So a little bit of history. It is believed that the Grand Canyon formed about five to six million years ago. Basically, it was created because water coming off of the Rocky Mountains created the Colorado River. And as such, when the Colorado began to flow, the water began cutting into the, basically creating it like a channel through the layers of rock. And as a result, the Grand Canyon gets created, which now measures over 270 miles long and up to 18 miles wide and a mile deep. And it's said that the Grand Canyon is actually bigger than the, than the state of Rhode Island. Now, again, a little bit of history with, with, with humans. Currently, it's believed that the prehistoric humans that first settled in and around the canyon was during the last ice age. And so we are literally talking when mammoths and giant sloths and other large mammals still roamed North America. And I think the mammoths were around when they were building the Great Pyramids. Speaking of pyramids, isn't there some kind of conspiracy that there's Egyptian stuff in in the Grand Canyon? Correct, but I... I, I was tempted to kind of do a topic on that, but we don't really do a whole lot of conspiracy theories here. It's not like... But it, is it a conspiracy or is it true? I don't know. I don't know because it just seems like a lot of the information in terms of the timeline of events seem to be questionable these days. But getting back to 
our topic tonight and like the people who settled there over time past prehistoric man it's believed that the Paiute, the Navajo, the Zuni, the Hopi once inhabited the area of the Grand Canyon, but today it's the Havasupi, Havasupai, the Havasupai tribe, thank you, that now claim the Grand Canyon as their ancestral home, and as, as it is believed that they had lived in and around the Grand Canyon for more than 800 years. Now... Still with the history, the first Europeans to reach the Grand Canyon were actually Spanish explorers in the 1940s. The The first group was led by a gentleman named Garcia Lopez de Gardinas, and then another group that was followed by Francis Vasquez de Carnado. He came along looking for the seven cities of Cibola. Now, if anybody had seen the opening scene of Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade, he finds the cross of Coronado. This is the Spanish explorer that we're referring to. Now, from that point on, pretty much everyone's kung fu fighting over these lands. The Spaniards, the Mexicans, the French, the Mexicans, the Americans, the Mexicans. But it basically all comes to an end on February 2nd, 1848, with the signing of the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo. And for those who aren't familiar... The Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo ends the Mexican-American War. And under this treaty, the United States obtains the areas of California, Nevada, Utah, New Mexico, most of Arizona, Colorado, parts of Oklahoma, Kansas, and Wyoming for the very low, low budget bargain price of $15 million. Wow, they got a, a a real steal on that one. United States did, yeah, yeah. Oh. But more conveniently, more conveniently, so this treaty was, uh, like I said, signed on February 2nd, 1848. Gold was actually discovered nine days prior. Gold in California, Sutter's Fort, Coloma, California, was discovered nine days prior to signing this treaty. So how motherfucking convenient is that? How convenient for the white guy. Yeah, or America, whatever, whatever. So anywho, this treaty was actually signed under President Polk, but it's not until President Benjamin Harrison who first gives this particular area, the Grand Canyon, protection in 1893, and he does so as a forest reserve. But after President Theodore Roosevelt visits the Grand Canyon in 1903, he declares the Grand Canyon a national monument in 1908. But it's not until President Wilson makes it an official United States National Park in February of 1919, which is just about four months after the armistice for World War One was declared. So, and, you know, side note, the peace treaty officially ending War One doesn't get signed until June of 1919, but the armistice was declared November 11th, 1918, which is why, especially in Europe, November 11th is, is armistice day. Anyways, that was just a side note. But back to it being a national park. And as such, the Grand Canyon opens for business and welcomes about 44,000 
visitors in 1919. Today, it is estimated anywhere from 5 to 5.9 million people visiting the park annually. And we're talking about people all over the world. People literally all over the world come to see this natural wonder. Well, it is pretty amazing. It is. It's very impressive. But with all these people, of course, comes with some serious consequences, serious tragedies, like people dying. Sounds pretty serious. Yes, death is pretty definite. Forever. Right, correct. Now, currently, it is estimated about 900 people have died in the Grand Canyon. I personally think that's kind of low. 900? Right. That doesn't seem like a lot. over 100 years of operating that doesn't seem so nine people per year no actually the average is 12 oh 12 okay but all right bear in mind especially in the early years there were some poor record keeping and a lot of unreported deaths and probably not as sophisticated as monitoring as it is now right now again and i doubt there were i have no doubt there were several deaths that have gone notice much less mentioned over time yeah people probably just disappearing and never heard from again never heard from again mob dropping them off down there or something the las vegas mob yeah yeah Yeah. maybe maybe could be right so like i said earlier there's an average of 12 deaths a year and the deaths vary from accidents to even suicides now like we mentioned before, we both have been to the Grand Canyon, and when you're looking at it, it's so serene, and it's so peaceful, but I really think that is misleading because people, I think, truly underestimate this particular natural wonder. And, I mean, it's a lie. The serenity is a lie. The Grand Canyon is actually a very harsh harsh environment and sadly people have learned this the hard way well, the hardest way it is like in the middle of a desert right and it's like a long ass walk to get to the bottom of it I actually when I went I read a sign that said if you're going to walk down the trail to the bottom in this one particular spot I don't remember how far it was it said don't try to do it in one day because you may be able to make it down there but making it back up is a whole nother game, whole nother story. Don't right. try to do it in one day. It's too hard. Correct. Which brings us to some of the ways people die at the Grand Canyon. So let's talk about these deaths. So some of them are actual natural causes, but they're kind of human errors at the beginning of the hike. You know, again, people overestimate their personal ability and agility while underestimating the harshness of the trail conditions and other environmental factors. And they're just basically not fully prepared for the conditions of the environment. So with that, I'm going to start tossing out some facts, some, some numbers of deaths that are related to the kind of subcategories of deaths in the Grand Canyon. So as of about now, there's about 124 death related to the environment. So what are we talking about? People not packing enough water, so people dying of dehydration. 
And one of the other things that people don't realize is that, like you mentioned, getting down might be the easy part, but down in the bottom, it's actually hotter in the Grand Canyon than it is on top. In fact, they say that the bottom can reach as high as 120 degrees. So if you drink all your water going down and you hit 120 degrees, you're going to die from dehydration. Now, in part of that, a lot of people suffer from cardiac arrests. Again, overheating, overexertion while hiking. And again, when they get to the bottom and it's 120 degrees, they go into cardiac arrest. And between these two, about 100 of the 124 deaths associated are related to either dehydration and or cardiac arrest. Now, surprisingly, a lot of people also die from starvation, from being lost. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So sometimes people get the bright idea of venturing off the trail, and when they turn to look for the trail, it's, it's gone. gone. <laughs> Where'd <And> it go? <laughs> it was right here. And sadly, they have found cadavers, you know, corpse, with notes explaining that they basically have starved to death. One of them being, and, and I'm air using air quotes here because I'm quoting, four days without food or water lost. And so... Stay on the trail. Yeah. I mean, venture a little bit out, but know how to get back to the trail because that's your lifeline. Maybe you should leave a trail of breadcrumbs. Well, the vultures. No, the birds and the vultures would probably eat that. Another type of death, environmentally speaking, is freezing. People don't bring enough. Because at night, a lot of people don't understand, the desert does not retain heat. So it gets very cold. Very cold at nighttime, yes. In the desert. And flash floods. That, mm-hmm. And that should not surprise anybody, but it does. The Grand Canyon, and, and people don't understand this, but the Grand Canyon actually has its own little environmental weather bubble. It can create its own storms. And sometimes it comes down fast and furious, and it creates flash floods, and people aren't prepared for them, and they get swept in them. The other, and this one kind of surprised me, is, is that... People have also been known for drinking too much water. I've heard of that, but that's got to be pretty rare. I don't know if it happens very often, but I've heard of it. In fact, I just read an article on on the internet about some lady that that happened to just recently. She drank, she was dehydrated, so she drank a bunch of water, and she drank too much too fast, and she died. Well, in conjunction to a lot of this, sometimes... And we're not going to talk about personal experiences, but another fatal mistake people tend to make is hiking by themselves. Oh, yeah, I know. Some I'm well familiar yeah, with that one. Yeah. yeah. Solo hikers, you know, they get hurt. How do they get hurt? Falling on a, tripping on a rock or a rock and falling underneath. breaking an ankle? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And then they're stuck. Yep. Yep. And someone doesn't come down that trail for days. And probably no cell phone signal down there. Correct. Yeah. And so That's why it's not a good idea to go hiking alone, probably. Correct. Yeah. But <laughs> definitely. Oh. Uh, and unfortunately, like, you know, they're injured they're on the side of the trail and they either run out of water and or food. So, again, that's part of the starvation. So, in conjunction with human error is Mother Nature basically fucking people up. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, people don't realize that 
really and truly the Grand Canyon does make its own weather. And one of the big ones is lightning storms and the rainstorms. I mean, fast and furious, this, that is no joke. But also because of the slippery slope that becomes the trail, a lot of rocks, they slip on the muddy parts and then they go down. Mm-hmm. And they don't get back up again. Mm-hmm. Another thing that sometimes if, for example, you're on the bottom of a trail Someone accidentally kicks a rock that becomes a bigger rock. It hits a bigger rock. Oh, and yeah. It hits rock. you in the head. Falling rocks. People have mm-hmm. died mm-hmm. due to falling rocks. So, again, being prepared food-wise, but also being prepared with clothing that's appropriate, and even hiking shoes. Flip-flops is not ideal for hiking in the Grand Canyon. Well, so you, oh yeah, I don't I think mean, that would be as appropriate for hiking anywhere. But, but there, there is some idiot that's been out there being like, yeah, I've done it a million times in my flippies. Yeah, probably not a good idea. Now, surprisingly enough, these are the ones, these are the deaths are re- related on land. Let's talk about the Colorado River. The Colorado River actually runs 1,450 miles long. It is, without a doubt, can be a death trap. In fact, about 100 people have died from drowning in the Colorado River while swimming, while rafting, while canoeing. So here again, it's an environmental situation yeah, yeah. where maybe you didn't follow instructions or didn't wear your life jacket. Life jacket, And now... Well, I kind of feel that way about any river could be a possible death trap, but one that... That's a pretty big river. I mean, it's not Mississippi River big, but it's pretty big. Right. Pretty powerful. Now, some of these deaths aren't necessarily, you know, related to hiking. Sometimes, unfortunately, people made some choices that weren't necessarily the wisest. And, you know, unfortunately... Cliffs and edges of the Grand Canyon were not their best friends. So they fell off or they jumped off? So we're we talking, talking about falls. Oh, okay. As of right now, they have estimated about 198 falls. Since okay. it became a park? It's correct. Okay. And So a little over 100 years. Right. Okay. Of the 198, um, 180 have died falling in the Grand Canyon for various reasons such as taking selfies they cross over the railing they want to get close to the edge as possible slip and fall but believe it or not one of the very first recorded deaths believe death by selfie happened with a gentleman by the name of lewis thompson on march 22nd 1925 so taking a selfie in 1925 well, he's posting he's, he's picture you know oh, okay, okay okay he's got a camera yeah 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 you know he's trying to adjust uh-huh, uh-huh. And he was trying to get the perfect selfie. Can I just say that I tried that? (laughs) Went over the rail, out on a rock. Yeah, well. Yeah, that's pretty freaking scary when you're looking over the... Like, I couldn't even stand. I had to lay on the ground and look. Like, it's a thousand feet straight down. I was like, nope. And I backed up real slow and... (laughs) Yeah. Well, unfortunately, Lewis was our first selfie. First recorded one. Correct, in 1925. Yeah. Now, selfies aren't the only other reason. People just horsing around. 
So that was the case. Got to be careful when you're horsing around next to a thousand foot drop off. Correct. So that was the case of a gentleman by the name of James Merriman. Now, James was actually a local, a local man to the area who would actually ride his bike into the canyon, and he would go around. You know how people toss, like, their pennies and their quarters over, like, the edge, and then the, you see them on the edges and these other ledges? Yeah, or they try to get it in a specific spot. Correct. Yeah, I do it all the time in the casinos. So he actually would go out on these ledges and collect the coins. Well, on September 8th, 1993... While there was a group of tourists checking out the Grand Canyon, he decided to do some showboating. And he was literally telling the group, look at me, look at me. And those were his last words. I mean, he was showboating. And he falls right in front of this group of tourists, and that's their memory. Yeah, see, now you just ruined the Grand Canyon for all those people. Those people were probably like... I never want to go back there again. I watched that guy die. Correct. Now, and in another instance, this one I thought was Fucked really... Fucked up for life. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and in another instance, a gentleman, this one, this one's really kind of sad, a gentleman by the name of Greg Austin Greenwich died regarding like a, a guardrail scenario in 1992. He was actually trying to play a practical joke on his daughter. He jumped onto the rail and began to frantically move his arms, acting as if he was going to lose his balance. He then jumped off the railing onto a small slope just beyond the ledge, but unfortunately for him, the slope of the edge that he jumped onto was very steep, and he basically slipped off and plummeted 400 feet. Right in front of his daughter. Into the canyon. But this is the saddest part. Because Greg was known to be a prankster, his daughter thought it was all a joke, and she literally walked away from his little scenario. I mean, she walked all the way to the parking lot and waited for him. And then they learned that... That He was dead at the bottom, 400 feet down. Correct. And the thing was, is that he didn't scream, so she didn't... Nobody knew... He's he probably died. dead. How, did he, how would he no, scream? No, I mean, he's screaming all the way down. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I, I mean, she's waiting for him, and that's when she learns that that was not a practical, it was a practical joke gone bad. Yeah. Now, this comes to no surprise. Another reason why people have fallen off the edge is because they're drunk. Yeah, yeah, I can see stupid drunk people. Right. Yeah. Another <laughs> one, and this one I kind of thought, I don't know about this. I don't know how I feel about this, but some people have died because they decided to urinate off into the canyon, standing on the ledge, whipping it out. Uh, that could, this is, that this is could not be blazing in, saddles, that folks. That could be in combination with being drunk. Could be. Now, you had mentioned this earlier. Sometimes people who are just sitting on the edge, they're kind of okay. Uh, not that I would recommend any... But he being near an edge. Yeah, uh, no. Stay behind the railing. Yes. But they're sitting on the edge. They have no intentions of jumping. They have no intentions of playing practical joke. But they start to stand up, and they get hit with dizzy spell. Mm-hmm. Vertigo. Mm-hmm. And that's when they lose their balance and fall over and die. Yep. And that was the case of a young lady by the name of Jessica Elixman, who was visiting the Grand Canyon on March 9th in 1989. 
She was basically sitting on the edge. She got up, she got dizzy, and sadly just fell over. Now, this kind of contributes for about 60 related deaths, the falling, but also falls from within the canyon. Again, we talked about people misstepping and falling off the trail and or the the environment where there's like a rock slide and or the trail themselves have become muddy and they slip and they fall. By falls within, you mean so like they hike down in the canyon? Right, they're on some sort of trail. And they're on a trail and they, f- they fell down there somewhere. Right. Okay. Now, these accidents aren't the only types of death in regards to falls. Sadly, people have chosen to die by suicide as well. And this type of, when we talk suicide, this actually does include people going out Thelma Louise style. Okay. Like driving over the edge. Correct. So right now, the estimate of suicide is about 91. And from the 91, about 75 were purposely going over the edge. Some of them, again, the jumping, they do it. They just jump off the edge. 13 of them are driving Thelma and Louise over the edge, driving in the car. Some of them go to bridges and jump off the bridges, and some of them will actually shoot themselves. And then fall in. Right, at the park. Now, of these suicides, the one story that sticks out, because this is insane, is the suicide of a gentleman by the name of Mr. Clam. Now, I read a, a couple of counts. One said his name was Timothy. The other said it was Richard. But both said his last name was Clam. In June of 2004, Mr. Clam made the decision to end his life. And he decided to do by helicopter. And what he did was is he, he had to wait three days for this particular tour because he was trying to secure shotgun seat in the helicopter and after enjoying the tour, you know, the helicopter went into the canyon, showed them all the hot spots. As the helicopter was returning back to base, Mr. Clam forced his way out of the cockpit and leapt from the helicopter into the canyon, falling 4,000 feet. Can you imagine being that pilot? Again. Or if there was anybody else in there with or him. Or people who saw. Yeah, this gentleman yeah. make this unfortunate decision. Yeah, that's crazy. Now, other in human initiated deaths that happen at the Grand Canyon is murder. Wow, murder in the canyon. Correct. It's not just the mob burying the bodies there. Sometimes wow. they the bodies get dead there. Okay. The bodies get dead there. Correct. I like that. To date, it is believed that 39 murders have been committed at the Grand Canyon. Now, the most infamous murder is that of Donna Sudling, which happened in 1993. She was the third wife of a gentleman by the name of Robert Spangler. I actually probably shouldn't call him a gentleman. Prior to her death, Robert Spangler had lured his first wife, Nancy, down to the basement of their home by telling her he had a surprise for her. He then shot her in the head with a revolver on the morning of December 30th, 1978. He then killed their two teenage children, their daughter Susan, who was 15, and their son David, who was 17. And then he set up the crime scene to look as though she had been the perpetrator. 
Her body was found slumped over a typewriter in the basement with a typed suicide note. The note was signed with her initials. Folks, if the suicide note is typed, it was not a suicide. Okay? That is like murder scene 101. Even though the police suspected Robert, they never charged him. He then married because he was having an affair with a woman named Sharon Cooper. He then married Sharon. He divorced Sharon. And then he married Donna. When he felt that the marriage was over, he thought death was the better option than divorce. So on April 11th, 1993, he took her to the Grand Canyon, got her hiking, got her on a trail, and then he pushed her off of a 160-foot drop, killing her. Now, after some time passed in 1999, law enforcement and the FBI approached Spengler with their evidence trying to get a confession. Spangler, who at the time of these interviews, he had terminal brain and lung cancer. And he actually confesses. But he only confesses to the murder of his first wife and children. And in the confession of the children, he shared how his son David did not die from the initial gunshot wound. So he ended up smothering his Mm. son with a pillow. However, he refused to discuss Donna's death because he didn't want to be sued by her surviving family. Well, he's dying anyways. But he does actually get tried for Donna's death. He gets tried in a federal court because he killed her on federal lands. So to avoid the death penalty, he pleads guilty. He pleads guilty to first-degree murder for Donna, and then he admits to killing Nancy, Susan, and David. He then gets sentenced to life without parole, and he dies in prison on August 5th, 2007. So this guy, who was known to have killed at least four people, was considered a serial killer. That's how come he's considered the most infamous person to commit murder at the Grand Canyon. But other murders, sadly not as famous, have also happened, and such was the case of of a newlywed, named Michael and Charlotte Sherman. They had gone to the Grand Canyon in 1977, and they were never seen alive again. They were shot. Their bodies were found in a heavily wooded area of the park, and it looked as if it was a robbery that basically had gone bad. Now, people have gone missing in the Grand Canyon, and in some situations, people did think murder happen but it's hard to prove that case sometimes you know when the human remains have been discovered law enforcement the park rangers they can't always identify a who the body belongs to and if they've been out there for an extensive amount of time it's even harder to prove how that person died yeah you got animals and bugs and all that trying Correct. to eat them so up it's sometimes it's a little harder to determine whether it was self-inflicted or it was committed by a perpetrator so, and one of the things you have to remember when regards to missing people, there are over a thousand caves in the Grand Canyon, and... And that's probably just all the ones that people know about or have been found. There's probably more that haven't been found. Correct. Now, other ways, other ways that people have died, we have mentioned people getting crushed by falling rocks. And surprisingly, people have been crushed by falling rocks caused by actual detonation, like they were doing some work, boom, went the dynamite, 
down with the rocks on top of people. Now, other types of accidental deaths have been caused by base jumping or people eating poisonous plants, probably because they're starving. Or, and this kind of came to surprise me, but people have accidentally been crushed by horses or mules. You know, the going up and down. Yeah, pack trek. horses and stuff. And oddly enough, there was even one case of a gentleman being killed because of a rattlesnake, not by a rattlesnake. So let me explain. In 1993, a prospector from California by the name of Cochran, that was the only name that everyone had, he had this unnatural fear of rattlesnakes. Why the fuck you're in the Grand Canyon and you have an unnatural fear of rattlesnakes is beyond me. Well, I think like probably, I don't know this, can't say it's a fact, but I think everybody has a fear of rattlesnakes. Well, his fear was above and beyond because he just stumbled upon one and he his fear triggered a heart attack. No. So he died from a heart attack oh. just seeing the rattlesnake. A rattlesnake gave him a heart attack. Correct. Uh, but again, that's because of the rattlesnake, really, but not by the rattlesnake. That's a really bad fear. Now, believe it or not, we have not discussed the major leading cause of deaths in the Grand Canyon. Any guesses what's the major leading cause in the Grand Canyon? Falls. I, I, that's what I thought it was, falls. No. I mean, Car you're not accidents? Wait, no. Um, drowning in the river. No, no, we we covered that. Um, no, I don't. I don't have a clue. Believe it or not, a current total of 379 people have died in the air over the Grand Canyon. In the air. aerial accidents. Okay. So That's the first and the weird. biggest air accident, aerial accident, happened on June 30th, 1956. So two commercial airlines, a TWA Flight 2 and a United Airline Flight 718, they both get permission to dip down and fly close to the Grand Canyon for the obvious reasons, for the scene, to show their passengers the scene of the Grand Canyon. Well... They were talking to their people, but the planes weren't talking to each other. And as such, Head on. the planes crashed midair, killing 128 passengers, basically everyone on both flights. And wow. we're talking passengers from California, passengers in the Midwest. And the section of this area where this in the, in the Grand Canyon is called Crash Canyon. And today, while many of the bodies had been recovered, there's still a still mass finding, grave yeah. within the canyon with some of the passengers. Wow, that's crazy. And oddly enough, there's even a, a ghost story. Uh, uh, so this person, this K.G. Glover, told the author of a book called Haunted Hikes that one night she heard voices outside her tent while she was camping in the Grand Canyon. And she looked out and she can see, and I'm using quotes, more than a dozen people walk up the trail wearing clothes that no one ever wears while hiking in the Grand Canyon. So she's suggesting that she saw the ghost of the people who had died in the plane crash. That's crazy. 
Now, the one positive thing that came out of this terrible tragedy was the creation of the FFA, the Federal Aviation Administration. So, this was the first and biggest, but sadly, there have been other aerial crashes above the Grand Canyon. In 1986, a sightseeing airplane crashed into a sightseeing helicopter and 25 people died. So, again, aerial crashes is the leading cause. As strange as this sounds, people who aren't even in the Grand Canyon. Yeah. Or in the case of the two planes, probably didn't even know they were going to see the Grand Canyon. Right, when they started out on their travel. Correct. Yeah. Now, some strange last things I do want to mention about the Grand Canyon. The Grand Canyon has pink snakes. Pink. Pink snakes. Snakes. And it has to do with, you know, being able to blend in with the environment. Right. And I found this very interesting. There has never been, this is a fun fact, there has never been any dinosaur fossils found in the Grand Canyon. How long ago did dinosaurs die? Or did, when they went extinct? Okay, so apparently they died 65 million. 65 million years ago. See, now I find that odd because if the Grand Canyon was is only five or six million years old, you'd think they'd find it. Something. I don't know. In there. Now, the strangest thing I came across was this story about a cursed blanket. This blanket was obtained by a trader, like someone who trades, by the name of Don McGuire. And he didn't believe that the blanket was cursed, even though he was told the blanket was cursed. And so he took the blanket and he basically does it to be like, this isn't cursed. I'm going to prove you guys all wrong. Yada, yada, yada. And he spends the next two years basically dealing with, and I'm using air quotes, a hundred calamities until he managed to accidentally misplace the blanket. The blanket. And the curse was suddenly lifted now he mcguire would later learn that the blanket was actually made by a weaver who was known to put her own magic spells like a voodoo kind of thing right this is native american though and this particular blanket was actually meant to curse another guy who pissed her off like i'm gonna make this for john john's going the fuck down he don't even know it yet, but I'm putting my best. Put my best hex on this. Correct. Yeah. Now, John actually ends up dying mysteriously, leaving nothing behind but this blanket. And even the blanket, he must have died in a horrific way because the blanket is, is like blood stained. But they wash it out. Okay. They clean it out. There's no more blood. And it gets passed on and on and on until it lands into McGuire's hands. And sure enough, he is like, I'm not, I'm a non-believer, but he suffers for his non-beliefs until he loses it and the curse is gone. So, I mean, he survives, so he doesn't actually die. He didn't die. So that's, but the that's, original guy that's does. Right. The original, yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy yeah. that she made the blanket for. Correct. Yeah, yeah. The spell worked. So it worked. Too good, apparently. Yeah. Now, I used a lot of quotes 
or I used a lot of facts here and I just kind of wanted to cite oddly enough my sources was one of them was Hastings and Hastings accidental attorneys website I'm not sure why or how but it's an accidental attorney so maybe they're trying to garnish a little maybe they had some clientele or maybe they had some lawsuits on accidental deaths or something I don't right know. and the other one is we are we are in the Rockies website. So uh, between those two is where I got my numbers because they weren't just random numbers. I was like, okay, this sounds like a good one. That's a good number to make up. Right. So that is it. That is what we have for you tonight. Deaths in the Grand Canyon. Crazy deaths. Some of them. All right. On to business. Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. We have a Facebook page. And if you would like to join, send us requests. On the Facebook page. But in the meantime, if you have a topic or an area or a country that you'd like us to cover, send us requests at where the dark corners are at gmail.com. Final thoughts, husband Jeff. Yeah, be careful when you go to the Grand Canyon. Yeah. Don't get too close to the and edge. Don't, think don't go over the don't go over the rail. Right. <laughs> Stay on the side of the railing. You'll live. Yeah. And don't think you can make it to the bottom and back in one day. You won't live. Yeah, you probably won't. Just, you know, don't take the beauty and the sereneness of it for granted. Yeah, definitely not. Mother Nature will fuck you up. Yeah. It look, it, to me, when I was there, to me, the spot where I was at, it looks fake. It looked like a painting. Like, really, like, honestly, it looked like this is just a painting. I'm just looking at a painting. Until you look down and you're like a thousand feet over the rail and you're like, oh, that's pretty scary. It's She's misleading. Yeah. Very. And it's caused people to die. It's I, I think it's just because we can't process in our brains because I don't think most of us have never seen anything that big or that deep or that wide or, and it's just, it's crazy to us to think, I think it's. And we just like, oh, that's not real. Right. Her majest her majesticness. But her it's majesty. Real. It's real. And she misleading. will kill you. Yes. All right. So until next time, please remember, only the few can find the beauty in the darkness, which is why we hope to meet you where the dark corners are.